moderator for this class. And welcome to the Institute. Oh, welcome to the another lecture presented by the Syracuse New York class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh or Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States and certain other foreign countries. The Syracuse branch was established in 1969. The dean of the Syracuse branch is Dr. Patrick Trevison, the president, Dr. Robert Welch, and the vice president, Dr. John Cometti. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us, in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many but we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title but unlike Lord and God Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part and a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their, their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in this pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being, which is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. 
This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's called the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of the threefold tabernacle pattern, and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. One is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Two is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three is to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there's no other name given among men, whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Ten is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time we'll have a prayer to dedicate our lecture by Dr. Margaret Trevison from our Syracuse class. That'll be followed by our scripture reading which is Second Peter the third chapter and that will be read by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside class. And our alternate reader will be Dr. Linda Volpe, also from Oceanside, California class. Let us all take a moment, bow our hearts and minds unto our Heavenly Father and thank him for every breath we take, every step we take, just everything that happens with us and around us we know he's in control and we walk with confidence knowing that we know him and that he's revealed 
secrets about himself to us. We know, we know our creator and we love and admire him. And what he's shown us is just beyond our wildest dreams. And we're just so thankful to know that he's taken good care of all of us. So with much appreciation and thanksgiving to our heavenly father, in his son's Yashua's name, we'll all say hallelujah. Still there. there you go. Very sorry for the delay. Um, okay, no problem. I, I'll be reading Second Peter, the third chapter, and I will be reading this from the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Traina of the Scripture Research Association. Incorporated in College Park, Maryland. Second Peter, the third chapter. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Redeemer and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they, are willing, they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of Yahweh, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of wicked men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with Yahweh as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Yahweh is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of Yahweh will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conduct and righteousness, <clears throat> looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of Yahweh, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, Recording stopped. wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, 
Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Savior is salvation, even as our beloved brother Saul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in the which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Yet therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from our own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Redeemer and Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. To him be glory both now and forever. That's Second Peter, the third chapter. I'd like to thank Dr. Trevison and Dr. Geller. And I would like to turn this to our Dean, Dr. Patrick Trevison, for our first speaker. Uh, our first speaker this evening will be from the Oceanside Branch, Dr. Jerry Geller. Just one second. Sorry, guys, we just have one little phone that we work off of. Um, okay, Dave, Dave can read with me. Great, thank you, Dave. Yes, it's good I can. To be You're here. welcome. <laughs> it's good to be here, uh, and it's it's always good to be a class. But um, these days, it's just impressed upon all of us so much the signs that were down here at the end, and um, in the scripture lesson, I'd like you to pick up um, verse. Um, actually, start at nine. Second Peter 3, 9. Yahweh is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Keep reading. But the, but the day of Yahweh will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are in it shall be burned up. Now, that makes me think of what's recently happened in the city of Lahaina in paradise. In fact, that Hawaii is like paradise. See, my favorite vacation of all time, with part of it was spent in, in Lahaina. And um, it's, it's paradise. And here all these people are there and they don't have seconds to pre prepare, but the whole city just burnt down. Paradise burnt down to a ground, the ground. And uh, I think that the name Lahaina means something like uh, merciless sun. Uh, Talk, and, 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 you know, there's a time when Yahweh's mercy is going to be lifted up 
and he's not going to show mercy anymore to this creation. It's going to be dissolved. And just like that fire, when it hit, people, people didn't even have time. They say that there's still a thousand people in this little tiny town, a thousand people that are missing, unaccounted for. They don't even know it, you know, they, they're probably dead. They're probably burnt up. And the fire just came and wiped out paradise, which made me think of years ago, a couple years ago, there was a town called Paradise in California where I have friends that live there that their homes burnt. And uh, the... The, they just came and wiped out. The whole town was just wiped out, and people were driving, and there was, they couldn't go. There weren't any. There weren't any. It wasn't any way to escape it. They just were killed. These people, and to me, that they would have this fire in paradise, and then a fire again in paradise, uh, Lahaina paradise. To me, is a sign. You know, people think that they that that they're in heaven on earth right now, but it's going to be a a moment when you think not that this whole thing is just going to be gone. It's going to be it's going to melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and that that therein shall be burnt up, and that's what happened to these people. They just had no clue. They had no warning. It's just here it comes. And as we're entering into these last days, and we were warned by Dr. Kinley that the weather was going to be changed and stuff. We get down here to the end, and here we have a hurricane, a tropical storm. In the we don't have those kind of storms in San Diego. All of a sudden, here we are. We're having <laughs> earthquakes and storms in San Diego on the same day. Or actually the earthquake was up further north. And, and you know, California is like considered to be a paradise too. I mean, I remember when we went to Hawaii, somebody asked me, why would you come here to Hawaii? You live in California. You live in paradise. It's like, I don't feel like I live in paradise, but all these things are a sign and a witness to us that this thing is going to end and we aren't going to have time and we aren't if we aren't already prepared then it's going to be too late go ahead and read linda verse 11 seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy living and godliness so seeing his we're here on the edge of eternity what manner of persons are ye to be in holy in the holy name bible it says in holy conduct and in righteousness or in all holy conversation and godliness it says in the king james mm -hmm. read read verse 12 looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of yahweh in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat now, our attitude when we see this should be, yay, whoopee, this thing is coming to an end. Because we don't want 
our home is not here on this earth plane. Our conversation is in heaven is a, is a verse that, that, um, that I don't remember where it is, but it says our conversation is in heaven. This physical earth plane is not our home. We want to be in the new earth state. And so when we hear these things are coming, these signs of the end, we should be excited about it. We should be happy about it. Woohoo! This thing's gonna end, and we're gonna be in total righteousness, peace, and joy with Yahshua the Messiah, without the ails of this earth to um to worry about. Keep going, Linda. Thirteen. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. So the time is now to be diligent that we might be found in him, of him, in peace without spot and blemish. So we need to be watchful. And, you know, they had a watchman over that town who was supposed to blow the whistle and warn the people that the, that the, that there was a really, the warning was a tsunami warning. And the guy did not warn the blow the whistles or whatever they were, the sirens. He didn't blow the sirens because he thought, well, if I blow the sirens, then they're going to run towards the mountains because it's going to be tsunami warnings and they're going to flee to the mountains. And that's exactly where the fire was. So he didn't want to blow the sirens and warn them because he was afraid that they'd run right into the fire. Like there, but there wasn't any place to run to. There was no place to go and no place to hide. So anyway, we should be looking and hasting unto that day, looking at these signs that we see so clearly in front of us. In fact, let's go to Matthew, the 24th chapter, and read a little bit about the end times down here. I believe it's Matthew, the 24th chapter. Yes, it is. Yep. Go ahead. Right at one or Yeah, four? go ahead and start it at at three, it's fine. At three, okay. Matthew 24 and three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the age? And Yahshua answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, when he's warning them about the end, the first thing that he's warning them about is not to be deceived. Take heed that no man deceive you. Because down here at the end, deception is running rampant. It's running rapid, rampant as, well, rapid, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> but you see, I was watching the news the other day and I said, I, I miss it when you could just turn on the news and get 24 hours a day news. And, and, and you didn't think twice about whether it was trustworthy or not. Now you can't even, now you don't know whether to believe the news that's on the TV or not. 
you you because you can be deceived. You're going to be somebody's deceived if not all of them are deceived. And the first thing he's telling us is take heed that no man deceive you, because he knew even down here in class that there was a good chance that some man is going to deceive you. In fact, he said somebody's going to come in that's been hanging around a while and tell you things I didn't tell you, and I ain't kicking about it. I know I'm just, like, really throwing that out there, but that's what he said. He, it, 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 Somebody's going to come in and try to deceive you. So he said that right at the beginning, take heed that no man deceive you. Read on. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah. Now, what, what are you talking about? Many are going to come in my name, in the name of Yahshua, saying they're the Messiah. So we have people right down here in the class where the truth was given, talking about they're this portion of the Godhead now. Somebody else is who you're going to, you're going to have to go to somebody else other than Yahshua to be saved. There's a new Messiah or a new Savior. We got it happening right here in our class. Read on. Verse 6, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See, so you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. And right now, we hear a war. We're involved, not physically in it, but we're involved in uh, providing weapons and things in a war. And we hear of rumors of war. Oh, is there going to be a war with Taiwan, a war with China? Are we going to be at war with this one? They're all worried about wars and there's rumors of wars. All that's going on right now, and it's been going on. Read on. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For, nation, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And we there got shall that going on right now. Read on. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. There shall be famines, and we've had for years famines in all kind of places. And pestilences were down here. I mean, we have the, uh, you know, we've seen plagues of locusts and all kind of that and stuff going on. But we have COVID, and every time you turn on the TV, oh, well, you get a need, you need an RSV virus. That's very deadly coming this way. Or this, that, or the other. There's something going on. Some kind of pestilence is going around that could kill you. And earthquakes in diverse places. There's earthquakes all over the place. We just had one in California. But they're having them in like weird cities in the middle of the country. Kansas had an earthquake. In diverse places, and these are the beginnings of sorrows. Read on. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you, sh and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then, and then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Now there and are people that that don't they hate those people that have stuck to the truth that Dr. Kinley taught us. We are hated by, by some and betrayed. And people are offended because we're still teaching the truth. 
And verse 11, many false prophets are going to going to rise up and it doesn't say they're going to deceive a few people that they're going to deceive many. And and if that's the case that it's going to be in the world, that's the case in class. There's false prophets that are going to come in and they're going to deceive many. And that has happened. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And I remember hearing a long time ago that Mitch said, if you, if, if you feel like you're getting cold, if you can just find an ember and blow on that ember and try to get a spark going again, we cannot let the love of the truth go old. We need to be on fire now down here at the end of the age from a spiritual standpoint. We're flames of fire. His sons have been made to be flames of fire. And flames of fire don't wax cold. And it talks about he that will endure until the end, the same will be saved. And that should be encouragement to all of us because I'm telling you, it's hard to endure from a natural physical standpoint, some of the things that are happening in the earth, but let alone just hanging out in class, it's hard to endure. We've had to endure classes being shut down because of COVID. We've had to endure uh, classes being shut down because they teach the truth or not being accepted. We have to endure uh, people trying to say we can't, teach this way or that way and trying to uh, get us off the internet and we've had to endure a lot of stuff but we need to stand strong and firm in Yahshua until the end and those that endure until the end shall be saved read verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. This is what they're, they're see people, people want to tell you that the gospel is like obsolete now. We don't preach the gospel of Yah. We don't need to preach. That's old school stuff. Don't need to preach the gospel anymore. But here it's saying that it's going to be preached for a witness. And then it's going to be the end. So you know that there's never going to be a time that the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah is not being preached unless the end has already taken place. And somebody might tell you that the end has already taken place, but it hasn't. We're still here, and you still got a chance to hear and adhere to the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, which is able to save your souls. And I'm I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel. That's what they said over in Romans 1 and 19. If you could pick that up for me, Romans 1, 19. It's a, he says, I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel of Yahshua. Oh, it's Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Yahshua, for it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The gospel the is the power 
of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Gentile. Read on. For in it is the righteousness of Yahweh revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the righteousness of Yahweh is revealed by the gospel. And that's why we can't stop preaching this gospel. And the gospel is so encompassing of everything that we teach in this class. Go ahead and let's read about the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 and, and 1. Because there's a little word in there. I love it. It's like it explains how everything we teach in this class is the gospel. We can't neglect any of it. First Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. So, yeah, we need to receive this gospel, and we stand in this gospel. That's what enables us to stand or endure in these last days. Read. By which also ye are saved. You're if saved you, by the gospel. Read. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. You know, I used to read this verse a hundred times all the time. And you never thought that it was going to get down to a point where people didn't keep the gospel in memory. In fact, I remember going to conventions and Every single convention that I went to, the, this was the theme. And this gospel shall be preached unto all the world, and then the end shall come. And I remember, especially most of the conventions I went to, it's like every class you went to, somebody's up there pounding on what the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah is. And, and they had that, that was the theme of every single convention. Of course, now we don't have conventions. I guess we don't need to preach the gospel anymore. So what do we need conventions for? You know, they want to stop. But we aren't going to stop because it says the gospel is going to be preached to the whole world. And we used to, like, think we were getting out to the whole world because we'd, like, go to the far reaches for our conventions like Edmonton, Canada. Or we go. <laughs> but now we truly are preaching to the whole world. We've got people listening to our Zoom classes from all over this world, in Africa and in, in uh, Ukraine even, and, and in Russia and, and in Vietnam, we got somebody listening to. All over this world, this gospel is being preached all over the world. And we never had that opportunity until just recently in the in the scope of class where our classes are being zoomed out for the whole world to hear. And Yashua made that technology possible. And I, I can't believe how that it has flourished. I remember even before uh, COVID hit, Diane was running down the figures for us from how many people we got subscribed to our class and from, from, like every country that there was, we have people that are following or subscribed 
to our to our class, listening to our class. It's like it blew me away how Yahshua has blessed the blessed us to be able to get this gospel out to the whole world. Now let's go ahead and read uh, by which you are saved if you keep in memory, unless you have believed in vain. And you know we use that vain when we talk about the name of Yahweh, how not to believe the name of Yahweh in vain or to make it of none effect. Well, sometimes some the of the people that this gospel was preached over and over and over again, they believed it in vain and they didn't keep it in memory. It didn't take an effect in them. They chose not to keep it in their memory. So therefore they won't be saved. It says you'll be saved if you keep it in memory and you don't take it and make it to be not. And that's what exactly has happened to the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah in some of these classes. It's been brought to not. It's been forgotten. It's been told. To, it, we don't teach that anymore. That's not important anymore. And it's a sign that we're down here at the end. So now go ahead and you know what the fact of the matter is, is that back there, there was controversies on whether there was resurrection from the dead. And the fact is, is that we're resurrected from the dead sitting here in this class because we came into this class dead on arrival. We had a carnal mind, which to be carnally minded, according to Yahweh, is death. We had a carnal mind. We were dead. And we had to be resurrected in Yahshua from that state of death and resurrected unto newness of life. And that's what the gospel's talking about. Death, burial, buried in Yahshua. We're buried in Yahshua and we resurrect in Yahshua the Messiah. Death, burial, resurrection. Well, if you don't believe that you have a resurrection from the dead or that your soul, which was dead, is made alive, then you can't be teaching the gospel anymore because it contradicts the idea that you never were dead. You get a whole brand new soul. That's not what was that's not what the gospel says. The gospel says that it, everything goes according to a death, burial, and a resurrection. Now go ahead and read, Dave. Verse 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Yahshua died for our sins according to the scriptures, mm -hmm. and that he was buried and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. So the Gospels, how the Yahshua died for our sins, well, in the new doctrine that some of these schools are teaching, they don't teach that anymore, how Yahshua died for your sins. That's why they don't teach the gospel anymore. According to the scriptures, which they don't think you have to go to get scriptures anymore, so they can't teach that anymore either. But the gospel is how he did that. And if you look up how in the dictionary, it means in what manner or way, with what meaning, to what effect, by what name, for what reason, or what degree or extent. 
in what state or condition, at what price. See, those things, just that little word how, it encompasses all the effects of the preaching of the gospel. What are what what does the gospel do for you? I'll tell you what it did for me. I was in church for years before I came into this class, and I believed all kind of stuff, kind of like people in the world now from a physical standpoint. You're like, how can you believe that? And they're like, you know, they're believing whatever they feel like believing. And I was believing just what my parents told me in this, and what I learned in the environment I was in. But when I came into this class, it was challenged. Why did I believe what I believe? And when I saw this gospel being run, the death, burial, and resurrection being run through the scriptures, being run, showing how that the physical creation is pointing out that death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua, showing how that the things in nature Showing how that the scriptures are lined up, showing that how my own physical body is going through a death, burial, resurrection. Every time I go to sleep, I'm in a death-like state. They say that your body, your metabolism slows down to almost nothing. That's why you're not supposed to eat a meal late at night because your body shuts down. Your metabolism shuts down and you're more likely to retain that. So you go into a death-like state and you, you're like in uh, the closest thing to death. You, you lose your sight and your hearing and you just like go good night. And, and we resurrect the next morning and we've been refreshed. We've been renewed because we've had that night's sleep. We've been dead. And we buried ourselves in our under our covers, and then we rise the next morning. And just the things that we go through are showing forth Yahshua. And just the little, just just those little principles right there, all the time, get brought up to my mind. And and five minutes, Doctor Geller. Thank you, thank you. I see that. I'll be going through something, and I'm like, oh boy, do I feel dead and buried. But I know because I believe in the gospel and it had an effect on me that I know that he's going to resurrect me from whatever situation I'm in. I have that faith in Yahshua and I see the witnesses on how he's consistent all the way down through the law and the prophets to the point where I can have confidence in faith that Yahshua the Messiah has resurrected me from the dead and no one's going to changed my mind. Anyway, I'm going to turn this over to the next speaker. I thank you for your for your um, for listening and thank you for letting me attend and for holding classes and we love you guys. I'll switch my phone back over to Bruce so he can be thank the you, reader. Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller. And our next speaker is Dr. Rochelle Morgan. <clears throat> Hey, 
Good afternoon, class. Good, good afternoon. afternoon. Wow. <laughs> it's so good to hear speakers because it's not them. And that's the joy of coming to school, you know. Um, can we get John 14, 26? I really, really, I love Jerry. I love her. How Yahshua presents the doctrine to and through her. It's always so pretty. It's always um, right to the point of what we come down here for. We come down here to learn about our Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Rochelle, did you want John 14, 26? What happened? No, can you get the first aim of the school? Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. The first aim of the school is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. And that's what all these schools, and as she said, this gospel is preached. And I love how she brought up the gospel is preached all over the world to the end. And that's said in the scripture lesson, you know, how he has reserved us for, for fire if you can find it that's at the big the top or the beginning of that and that was red and i was like wow so if you're wondering why all this fire is happening he declared the end from the beginning uh what's the other scripture john uh 14 and 26 14 26 is mm -hmm. that what you wanted yes sir okay john 14 26 but the comforter which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This is what this is how we're learning. So we don't have to look to one another because you're going to find fault with me. You'll find fault. You find fault with yourself as you're developing in this class. But you know who is the comforter who's teaching us. And when you've been, as Jerry said, we all come from some form of a background. And uh, my background was religious as well. Some people have other types of background. But for those of us that come from a religious background, it's like in her case, it's forever. She talks about how her dad used to sing in the choir and things of that nature. So she was really, really involved in her background, just like us or myself i came from and we're talking background when you were a kid and that stuff has been ingrained in you so well and you don't realize it until yahweh has to take it out of you and that's why so many people are like i'm not giving up my sweet jesus but you're in, you don't have that power anyway yashua has to do that for you uh did i ask for something yeah second peter three and seven okay seven okay cool but the is there heavens, a train of thought with that? Uh, well, yeah. Um, let's see. I'll tell you. Mm, start at one. Maybe, it's only maybe, seven. You want, me to, you want me to do one, you said? Yeah, just start at one. Okay. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both of and, which. And I, who's, who's uh, writing? Peter, right? This is Peter, correct. Okay, and Peter was um, one of the eyewitnesses of the Messiah. So, uh, and being an eyewitness, he had to help 
the other um, brethren out. And that's why they're writing back and forth to each other because it was, as it was brought out, controversies are not new. They had them back then saying if the Messiah, did he raise, did he not raise it? Well, all types, should they get, should the Gentiles get water baptized like we did? And Yahshua had to bring him to his remembrance. No, you know, and whatever. So th these things are always and will always be there, but there's always a way of escape. So now Peter's writing. Continue, please. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of Yahshua, the Messiah, our Savior. I like how they said, and be mindful. And this is what Jerry was saying. Those people that are not, no, they are no longer preaching this doctrine the way they got it. They were never mindful because they, they were not mindful of how it was given to them because now they preach something entirely different. And there was a warning there. He said, and be mindful. And that's what we're saying to one another. Let's be mindful of what the Messiah did for us. Let's not take it for granted. Continue. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the and, fathers. And, the, and that's what the role is saying. I mean, if you talk to um, any good Christian, you say, well, the Messiah is here. And they're like, no, we're waiting for him to come. So you still have people walking around this day and age and they are waiting for him to come the way they saw him leave using the Bible when those two angels were standing there and these people were gazing up and they even asked him, why gazing? Why are you gazing up? You know, so if you can pull that scripture, if somebody can find that, we can have that read too. But it explains what was happening. Continue. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning and of the creation. And I love how she broke down what does fell asleep mean. They were dead. As in, since the fathers are all dead. And she brought a great example of how we go to sleep from a natural standpoint. And that sleep is as close to death that we get at night. And she brought out something that I really appreciate personally. She's saying this is why we try not to eat uh, past a certain time because that food is just going to stay there. It's not going to, the metabolism is not going to wake up and say, well, now I got to work with this food that you just put in me. So I thought that was pretty cool. But continue. That was for me, though. Continue. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of Yahweh, the heavens were of old. And the earth now he, wait, wait, excuse me. This is why they're doing what they're doing. They, it says they were willingly ignorant. And and I, you, you can't be willingly ignorant and not expect something, some type of um, repercussion from that. And it says, start, start that part again, please. Five, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of Yahweh, the heavens were of old. And the earth and, standing out of the water and in the water, mm -hmm. by which the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Now he's talking about, I believe, the flood and what had happened. So see, when we read the when the apostles are writing, they go all the way back to the um, law and the prophets, trying to get you to understand what's happening now. So we, so this is why we're not, we have no excuse. Because even in under the fulfillment in, in their writings, they try and pull everything up, trying to explain to you, okay, that happened back then, and what's going to happen now? Continue. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now, that's beautiful. So, see, 
people don't want to believe where the earth is going to be consumed with ferment heat and burn up with this fire. It tells you right there, we are being reserved unto a certain time. And while we're being reserved, we're being reserved how we're going to go out in fire. That Read that again. That is so powerful. It tells you right there what's happening. But the heavens want to happen. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. That's so powerful. Continue. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with Yahweh as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Yahweh Go is down to, to the part where he talks about um, what manner of man ought we to be? Because, see, this is a lot of history that he's giving you. He's saying, now that you know this, you know how the world came in. You're going to see how the rule is going out. And how many verses away is that one part? It's on 11. Oh, well, you can keep where you are. Start where you are and just continue down then. Thank you. Okay, nine. Yahweh is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But as long Now, how do we know Yahweh is not slack concerning his promise see if you don't know the history of the bible or the history of of our heavenly father using that um those ages and dispensations <laughs> sorry Lara, about that using the ages and dispensation if you don't know that you won't know what he's talking about when he talks about what what did he just say um yeah was not slack concerning his promise well mm -hmm. if you know the he made a promise to our forefathers abraham and that promise came to pass, which is so beautiful. But if you don't know about what Yahweh has said and what he's done, then you won't have that faith in that substance, which he is of that his word is true and it does not return unto him void. But see, the world doesn't know the history. They think these are just, you know, biblical stories. But what they are, they're true events of how powerful Yahweh really is. And I have to say it like that because under the law, when Yahweh was doing stuff down, um, when those people were in the land of Egypt and they had to come out and they got ready to cross over, those people in Canaan land feared those um, Israelites coming because they heard about the power of Yahweh. They knew that he was very powerful. And see, this is what the world does not know. They don't know about the power in his name and why it's so important that we preach to you the gospel. And as Jerry said, it's amazing. I'm glad Yahweh brought me in the time that he did because I can't imagine coming into a class like this. And I'm, I'm while she was talking, I'm like, well, what the heck do they teach these people? What are they talking about if they're not talking about the purpose, if they're not talking about Yahweh's death, burial, resurrection, what else is there to talk about? You don't want to talk about the name and the true name being Yahweh. And it says in John 4, 24, Yahweh is spirit. Uh, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. If you're not talking about Yahweh explaining what his name is and how powerful that name is and why his son had to come in his father's name. Uh, when you go to the Mosaic chart, you'll see that Yahweh is pure spirit. He's got nine divine attributes of intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, beauty, love, justice, foundation, power, and strength. Those are just some of his attributes. Just like within your physical body, you've got nine systems, but they all connect together. And there's so much more to you. But at the same time, 
you have to tell that tell that story. I and mean, this is what we try and do. Tell you the story that a man had a divine vision in the year 1931. And we have to say a man, let me say it correctly, a man was given a divine vision because he had nothing to do with this. This was a gift given to our founder, Dr. Kinley. And it was not taught to us to worship uh, anybody for that gift. He himself said, I am not your savior. And he said, this is a gift given from the Heavenly Father. And that book that we have, our textbook, the four-volume textbook, it was written for mankind. And I think I'm a part of mankind, and I'm glad that he presented that book to me. Then the Bible was never explained till Dr. Kinley got, got that vision from our Yahweh about the Bible. So in 1931, a lot happened. So as he was getting this stuff, he never was taking credit. He said himself, he wouldn't believe it if he hadn't seen it for himself. And he said, we, anyone that's hearing this gospel, we're getting it in pieces. Not the whole thing like a Japanese fan that he got. So whatever little portion he you think is little, because nothing is little in the eyesight of Yahweh, whatever you get and you have an understanding of, hold on to that. That's why it says in First Thessalonians, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. And that's what we go about to do. So, and when Dr. Kinley had this vision, we we don't worship a man down here. You know, some people, and to this day, I, I'm so amazed when I go to these people in these churches and they'll say, well, here is the, I guess they call them bishop or the priest, and here's the bishop's wife. And these women are work, and the congregation not only have to take care of the bishop, they're taking care of the bishop's wife. And they tried to do that at one point, I believe, when Dr. Emery died in Detroit, Michigan. They were trying to get the class to take care of Mrs. Emery. And you're like, no, uh, hopefully they had insurance and everything was taken care of. But you'd be surprised how how much Christianity has, has gotten in these classes and how they want us to operate just like these churches do. But we are a school. We're not a church. This is why we use the first five books of the Bible being the law. The remaining 34 books of the Bible being the prophets. Then that little leaflet they call the New Testament, that's the fulfillment. And it's what the Messiah came to do. So here you have Yahweh. This is a love story, too. And I love being able to acknowledge that we are dealing with a the love of our Heavenly Father, not the love of a man or woman, but the love of the uh, creator and his creation. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to understand that. So Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So here you have Yahweh in that perspiring state, those nine divine attributes. Um, they're inscrutable and incomprehensible, but he made a way for us to know something about him. He takes on that shape and form known and gave himself that title, Elohim, Yahweh Elohim. And it says Elohim is the archetype or the original pattern of the universe. I did not know my creator was a pattern because the Catholic church did not teach me that, but we had that sky God concept. I, I had no idea what God was or what he looked like. I knew it was a man. That's all they ever talked about at the same time. You know, he's a pattern. And then he breaks himself down as, as when he breaks himself down to that pattern, he's a most holy place, holy place in a court roundabout. And then he goes back into that shape and form and he steps into those days of creation. And then you go through the first, second, third and the fourth day and the sun was not placed in the sky until the fourth day. Now, those principles right there lets me know when the Messiah came on the earth plane and he had to come through a Virgin Mary. He came in the 4,000 years. So sometimes um, it's so hard to 
get up and try and do justice to this story because you only have so much time. And this is why we try and tell people, take notes, write things down because so much is said within 30 minutes or a half an hour. And then dealing with the name, you've got Yahweh and his pure spirit state taken on shape and form, Yahweh Elohim, and that self-same spirit, that self-same spirit gets in the physical body and walks the earth plane as our savior, Yahshua and Messiah. Now, Yahweh in his pure spirit state, he's got the ability, he's universal spirit law. Anything, you just heard my cat earlier, my cat breathes in the name. Anything that has the breath of life, that's universal spirit law that's animating them. So then here you have Yahweh in that pure spirit state. When he takes on that shape and form, he, Yahweh in that pure spirit has the power to be super incorporeal, seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. And he also can get in a, incorporate in a physical body, which he did at a point in time as our salvation. And that name of Yahshua the Messiah was given to us. And the world doesn't believe in the unity of the spirit being abstract, intermediate, and concrete. And we always use the example of something that, oh, the world it's so hot right now. The world is. And then with so many fires, this is what they're they're missing. Is that H2O, that water. Water is two hydrogens and an oxygen. Water ex exists in the gaseous state. And you pour it and it heats down, I believe, and it goes to a liquid state. And then when it uh, heats down a little more, it gets into the solid state, which is ice. It loses no power, but it in those three states of existence, it does different things. I am not a, when I want a thirst, I don't thirst for ice. Some people, they love chewing on ice. That's not something I do. I prefer it in a liquid state because it does the same thing. It gives, it quenches my thirst. So to give me a pot and I've got steam and vapor, I can't just walk and I'm trying to grab all the steam and vapor and put it in my mouth to quench my thirst. It doesn't work. So this is what we try and teach you down here. Like the religious world, they teach that the um, creator, the creator is a unity. I mean, a Trinitarian concept. Can someone get um, Deuteronomy 6 and 4? Because see, Yahshua, Yahshua is so amazing. He has left uh, so many witnesses. So when we're saying something, we want to be able to prove what we're saying. Otherwise, you, you I don't want to hear Rochelle. Oh, my God, I talk all day long. No, I'm praying that whatever's being said right now, Yahshua is just saying, push this out. Let's talk about this a little. That's how the classes go. It says John 14, 26, but the comforter who is the Holy Spirit, he's the one that's teaching. But guess what? If as long as I have been in class, if I did not take the time, and Yahshua gives you that time if you ask for it to go back and read the textbook over and over again. Go back and read the Bible you, over and over again because you're not going to get this out of one or two lectures. You're going to have to put something in it to get something out of it. It's just like a bank. You can go to work every day and if you don't put something in that savings account and when hard times come and you need some money, you didn't put anything in. The bank is not going to give you money because you were in need. That's called a loan, and they're having a hard time. Interest rates are going up like crazy. But anyway, uh, what did I ask for something? Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Yes, sir. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our Elohim is one Yahweh. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our Elohim is a unity. And he starts out by 
calling them out by saying, hey, here. And this is the same thing we're doing today. Here, people, I'm glad you came out and Zoom viewing and on YouTube to hear something about the creator. So it's it's my honor to share with you whatever I have learned to be true about the creator. I'm not giving you my concepts, theories, and opinions because I can go to the scriptures to prove that, you know, and that's what we try to do. So then once we realize why is the name so important? Because we're talking about you are made up and I didn't know this until I came to class. You are made up. You have a physical body. You have a uh, soul within that physical body. And that soul is ran by universal spirit law. Universal spirit law can be manifested in righteousness or unrighteousness. Those are his two operations. And you pray that the, um, and we always teach when you come into this class and we always use that migratory track. And we go to that bottom of that track because it's all dark and darkness is representing death and what have you. And we came in DOA dead on arrival. Now, when I used to hear that, I'm like, well, how could I come in dead on arrival? I was 20 something years old. I'm walking around. But what was really, truly dead in me was my soul. Mm -hmm. That inner man had no relationship or I'll say inner person. I, I remember when I first got in class, I even asked the question, what is a soul? I didn't even know what a soul was. So everything has, and there's no stupid question because I asked this question and because I just didn't know. And and in the fulfillment, you've got two women, I think Priscilla and someone else, they said, we don't even know if there be uh, Yahshua. They didn't know, you know, what had happened. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So uh, the same thing has to happen to us. We come in and we're introduced to the fact that you were called by the creator to come in class to learn something about him and he wants to teach you and when you when you first meet them you know someone the first thing you're going to learn about them is their name some people say well i want to give you my title i'm the president who cares what's your name you could be the president of anything yashua loves us. he wants us to know us and this is all i want to share is this is a love story of yahweh introducing us to him through his son, Yahshua, because we preach, you have to go through the son to know anything about the father. Can I get Psalms uh, 19 and 7? And if someone can find that particular scripture about going through the son to get to the father, I don't know exactly where it's at. Um, mm -hmm. Matthew eleven twenty seven. Thank you, love. If you got it, you can read that too. <laughs> okay, Psalm, Psalms 19 and 7. Yes, ma'am. The law of Yahweh is perfect, converting the soul. Well, this the is what I had to come down to learn. If I came in and I said I came in dead on arrival and I realized my soul was dead because it didn't have a relationship. It didn't even know anything about Yahweh. So I was dead, 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 just dead. And once I realized my soul is dead, then Yahshua went about the next 30 some years to show me how your soul can be converted from death unto life. True. And we have a chart here. We've got charts that show the attributes of a dead soul. We've got charts that show the attributes of a living soul. So then you yourself will be able to see, you can, no one has to tell you when that change takes place. All at once you'll just know you don't have those old attitude and disposition things about that you used to think. You think differently. You react differently. So many wonderful things happen to you being a recipient of the Holy Spirit and of his knowledge and of his understanding. And I think that's so powerful. And we try and tell the world there is a way of escape. And as uh, Jerry mentioned, there's so many wars going on, rumors of wars. But the most 
war that you should be concerned with right now is the one that's taking place in your heart and mind. The war of words, of knowledge. You know, uh, people don't want to acknowledge that there was war in heaven. And there was, what is it, Revelation 12 and 7 talk about a war in heaven. But it was a war of doctrine, a war of words. You know, all the angels didn't sin. And so it was a war. Of, and right now we're going through the same thing, a war of doctrines. What do you want to believe? Who? And in, in the scriptures, it even goes on, on to say, are you a Saul? Are you a Peter? You know, like Bernie Mac used to say, who you with? Well, we are of Yahshua, the Messiah, because salvation is only in his name. Uh, there's something that happened, I think, in India or Pakistan, where those uh, people were trapped on one of those trolleys in the air. And uh, it was a phenomenal rescue that they made to get those kids out that trolley. And one of the guys, one of the reporters, repeated what the child was saying. If it wasn't for Allah, we'd be dead. And I overheard that, and I was like, Allah? He ain't even real, let alone that's a figment of someone that's that's not a true. There's only one true creator, deity, and that's Yahweh. But when you hear people say it wasn't for Allah, it wasn't for Lord God and Jesus, you realize what what manner of man are we to be that we can hear a report like that on TV. And this is up to date. And they're still using incorrect name. And here you are given the true name, the true understanding. What manner of man ought you to be where in which you can now preach the gospel of Yahshua because that love that he's shown you, how he saved your soul and converted your soul from death to light makes you want to do the right thing. And because he's in you, you can't do it on your own. For And that's what the world tries to teach people. Oh, be a good person. Pray to God when things go wrong. Just keep praying. All the prayer in the world is not going to change his his purpose. So what we try to do and, and learn to do is how to get in tune with the purpose of the Father. So when we do pray, what we're praying for is things that's going to help our soul. Not because you're a physical body, you're going to take off the flesh. What you should be concerned about is your soul. Somebody says, what manner of man ought you to be? You want that love, that heart. Dennis always talks about they didn't have that heart in them. We have opportunity now to have that heart in us, that heart of love, patience, understanding, those attributes they talk about in Galatians. That's the manner of man we ought to be, proud and happy and just so excited to be able to talk about Yahshua. I get excited because I live in rural Southern Illinois. I don't get to talk about the gospel much. So when class come, I'm running to class to listen. Because I'm like, wow, I don't get to hear this all day. So I don't I don't take it for granted there's some place on Zoom or on this phone call where I can go and just relax and say, wow, Yasha, it's been a rough day. But guess what? I'm home now. I'm in my tabernacle. I'm in that ark. And I'm listening to what thus said Yahweh through the vessels. This is a wonderful gift. Please don't take it for granted. Don't lose faith. That the fact that sometimes we can't have class because it's always been mentioned as of late that there are time there will be times we won't have class. But if you're, I'm gonna give a great example. I think Sunday class was so good, and I was reading, but I found myself running through the house because I think angels are everywhere, just doing high five. Wasn't that great? I mean, you know, crazy things like that will happen because you're so excited that you were not alone. And you're never alone. Yahshua talks about, and I will never leave you. Well, he didn't leave us. If if he's still talking to us in these classes and teaching us about him, 
and we'll be learning in ages to come. Well, every day you're learning something about Yahshua. Are there any scriptures that I have you holding? Yes, there's a couple. Uh, first yes, one, sir. Matthew 11 and 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. That's the process of how we learn about Yahweh. It's through his Savior, it's through our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. His name is Yahweh is salvation. And knowing that you, this wonderful love story that our creator so loved us, that he did, when he takes on that shape and form, in part, and I must say it's in part, it's not in totality, in part he takes on that shape and form, and he loses no power when he gets into a physical body. He's just doing it in the sonship degree. And, and when they came out of the land of Egypt, they came out through the name by the name of Yahweh. How are we going to come out of that death, the same death, you know, like state is through the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. That's right. what we're really trying to. How are we going to obtain salvation during this age of time? And it's through our Savior, Yahshua. What other scripture, please? The other one, Rochelle, that you asked for was, uh, well, it was a while ago, but it was in Acts, uh, the um, Ascension. Okay, let's hear that. They're looking for him. The that they're, David. yeah, they're looking for Yahshua to come back the same way that he, he left. Let me get that. Acts. Right, and that's that's, and uh, I mean, I we could say that's under the Acts, but I'm telling you, that's so up to date to right now. All these Christians that I talk to down here, and this is like what they call the Bible Belt. They are just praying and waiting for Yahshua to come. And oh, what I thought was so weird, I'm going to share this and I'll be off. There was a guy on the radio saying, okay, the world is at the end and your money won't mean anything. And your and, and this won't mean anything. He said, but come to me and buy gold. Buy all your gold and store it up someplace so when that day come, when money's no good, you've got gold you can use. These people are out there selling people anything. Because if the money's no good, gold ain't going to be no better. Dr. Kinley, I mean, I heard him make a statement. Them say he made a statement that it's going to get so bad, you're going to take a barrel of money and try and buy some wheat. So this is, these are times that are upon us, and we need to be acknowledgeable of them and have, what does it say? Greater is he, Yahshua, that is in you than right. he, Satan, who is in the world. And that's yes. where our faith has to be. Not in the world. We are in the world, but we're not, we're not, we're in the world. We're not of this. We're not, but destruction is already happening. We're not waiting for it to happen. Just like salvation has already happened. Yahweh called you and you were chosen. You are part of this. We're just being obedient, trying to blow that trumpet like in Habakkuk and let people know, hey, that blood is out here so that that blood is not upon us. It's a process, learning of Yahshua. Anything else? Um, no. First, I think it's, did you find it? Yeah, it's Acts 1 and 9. Yep, go ahead. Okay. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Yahshua, which is taken up, from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, what the world doesn't teach about that one parable there, 
a cloud. Well, the highest part of your body is your head. And your head, your brain is like a grand white, is like a cloud. He's going to come there and be revealed. That's where all things are going to take place. Not the cloud up in the sky, but the cloud that's in your brain. That's why so much has to be taught in a school, trying to understand. We're using Romans 1, 19 to 20. You are a head cavity, chest cavity, and lower abdominal cavity. And we say the highest part on you is your head. And that's where, where did Adam die? Adam died in his heart and mind, in his consciousness. He had that oneness with the father, but because of that love that he had for Eve and that disobedience took place, Yahweh has to pick us up where we felt, and that's in our heart and mind. Remember when I first started, I said I knew my, I didn't know anything about the father. I knew I was dead. No one, I, I mean, you have to be taught that you're dead, and once you realize it, you'll say, well, how am I dead? Well, did I know his name? Did I understand his purpose? Did I understand anything about what was happening with my soul, the convert? None of that. So I was dead. I don't have to lie to myself. This school makes you examine yourself and to see where you are. And going back to the scripture lesson, what manner of love ought you to be? Great matter of man ought you to be grateful to Yahshua for what he's done for you and willing and able to share this true gospel to anyone that he sends your way to listen. I am ready to hear the next speaker. I hope something was said. And if I said anything wrong, people, I am not perfect. You can always say, correct me. There's nothing wrong with that. Yahweh loves us. He's going to correct us. And with that, I hope I'll, I give our praise our and the glory to the Father. But uh, I hope something was said that inspires you to come back and, and sit with us and listen some more. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Rochelle Morgan. Our uh, next speaker for tonight's class will be the Dean of the Oceanside, California class, Dr. Dennis Volpe. I want to say good evening, and I want to make sure that everybody can hear me okay. Yeah, we can. Great. Yep. Okay. You know, this was a very, very uh, stimulating uh, class tonight because of the things that were brought out both by Jerry and Rochelle and the scripture reading itself. Now, when I, while I was listening to them and, and, and in lieu of the scripture reading, my mind was drawn to uh, something that Dr. Kinley had once said to me. And I wanna, wanna try to develop this because it seems that the focus, what we're focusing on in Second uh, Peter, the third chapter, is what manner of man ought we to be. Now, let me tell you uh, in way of by going down into the book and going back and showing you a couple of things of what manner we ought to be. Now, I want you to go over to Matthew 24. Now, I know that uh, we live right now in a dangerous time, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I don't think I have to emphasize that. We all know something's cooking out here. And uh, we know that everybody can see the world is topsy-turvy. Uh, oh, you don't know what to expect next. Now, the weather is just absolutely insane, but really it's not. Yeah, uh, Dr. Kinley told us that the weather would uh, change drastically down before the end. And we have seen it come to pass. Now, when he said this back in the, uh, uh, he might have said it in the 60s, but he said it also in the 70s, uh, the weather was pretty steady at that point. But we see what has happened. Now, one of the things that I want to mention to you is that I saw this 
uh, video one night on YouTube. They were talking about the solar flares and that they're expecting this major solar storm to start occurring based on the cycles of the sun's uh, sun, uh, uh, storms in 2025. And they were talking about back in, a, in the 1800s, there was a solar flare that at that time, when it hit the earth, it knocked out all of the, uh, 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 you know, they used to communicate by wire, uh, uh, Morse code or whatever they used, and it knocked that all out. Now, they said if that same storm had hit the earth in the times that we live in, it would wipe out the electrical systems of the world. Now, they're expecting in 2025 a huge solar uh, year of flares and storms and uh, stuff ejected from the sun coming towards Earth. And we recognize that if this, we have a protection around us called a magnetic field that shields us sometimes from some of these storms. But they're saying is that the poles are starting to change. And as that happens, it weakens the magnetic field around the Earth. Now, if this electric storm hits us in 2025, it could knock out all of the electricity in the world. Now, imagine this. You will not be able to go to Zoom classes or YouTube because there'll be no electricity. You won't be able to power anything. And imagine then what you what would you rely on to hold you steadfast. Uh, we need to gather all that we can now. And you remember back there under the law, they were told that on the sixth day to gather twice the manna because the seventh day none's going to get poured out. Now, uh, we see the same thing happen down there in Egypt when Joseph told Pharaoh, you're going to have seven years of plenty, but make sure you store some of that to carry you through the seven years of famine. Now, I want you to understand, we don't know what to expect, what's coming up in the future, and I'm not making any predictions or prophecies. I'm only looking at what's being put out there by the scientists that are potential things that could occur. And we know that Yahweh, uh, we know that Yahshua said in Matthew 24, I'm going to go to two places in Matthew 24. Um, I want to go down to uh, some someplace uh, down towards the uh, beginning where he talks about there'll be a time of tribulation. Do you know where that verse is? Matthew uh, 24, 21. All right. Okay. Thank you. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. Now, no, nor shall Go ahead. Be. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Linda. And except those days should be shortened, there no, should no, no wait flesh a minute, be... Wait a minute, I, 21 again. I cut you off because I was going to make a comment. But you read that there's going to be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor mm -hmm. ever shall be. Nor ever now, shall be. Now, uh, Jerry had worked with how there's going to be floods and uh, wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. But this we're talking about is after all this stuff. All the stuff that we read in the beginning of 24, then he talks about how there's going to be a time of great tribulation. Now, it's going to be so great. Dr. Kinley talked about it was going to be so uh, uh, taxing and uh, 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 problematic and troubling us and all these things. That, that Read the next verse there, which was 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. 
but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now, what Dr. Kinley told me was this. He said that there are prophecies in the Bible that will not come to pass because Yahweh's going to cut it short. He said, now, if he allowed it to go on, those things would occur. Now, we recognize we're down to a time where the world now basically cannot handle any more people on the planet because we're depleting the natural resources, we're polluting the atmosphere, they can't produce enough food to feed everyone, and there's not enough fresh water. All of these things exist on our planet. Now, what I want you to recognize is that we don't know what Yahweh is going to throw at us, but we know this. We know that we better gather now this information, this teaching, these things that are being expressed by multiple uh, ministers in this school that are admonishing us now to keep our sights on this gospel, to find our strength, and to find our uh, conviction in the teaching that will carry us through the storm. Because we're, we're in a storm. The storm is beginning, ladies and gentlemen. And I think that's pretty much, I mean, we, uh, we talked about from a natural standpoint, the firestorms. And we had just had a huge storm here that was, uh, didn't, as it happened since 1939. Uh, so what I'm telling you is, this is just getting you to recognize the preparation that we need to have within us to hold on to this teaching and to not forsake our faith in Yahshua. Now, I want you to go down and back. Now, I want you to go down all the way in 24. Go to verse. Hang on for a minute. Uh, let's start at. Uh, hang on. I didn't go down far enough. It's here in 30. Well, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and start at 35. I want a few verses down from that, but we'll start there. <laughs> okay. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now, the words that Yahshua told the apostles there in John, the sixth chapter, when he told them to eat his flesh and drink his blood, later he told them the flesh doesn't profit you anything. He said, it's the words I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. Now, those words are going to continue the creation is going to pass away, but not his words. Now, where do we want those words? We want those words permeating our soul, permeating our heart and our thoughts. That's why we come to class to be renewed in the spirit, to be energized, to be encouraged. That's what, this, that's what gathering and assembling ourselves together does. Now, keep reading. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. He's saying only Yahweh knows when that day is going to happen. Keep reading. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man now, be. Now, he, he takes you right back to Noah. And that's what I was thinking about, what Dr. Kinley talked about Noah uh, one time when I was sitting with him. And I want to go find this on one of these charts here where they show the flood here. Uh, I don't know if it's this chart or is it the second chart. Let's see. We've got Enoch. Okay, I think I go. I got to go to two here. Let me get this one blown up a little bit here. All right, there's the flood right there. Here, here we got it. Now, here's what happened. 
Yahweh gave a vision to Noah. And Noah was instructed to go out and preach the vision that was shown unto him. Now we know that it says over there in Hebrews that he was a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching the divine vision that was given to him. Now, Dr. Kinley said that when Noah first went out, because we also know that the flood did not come for 120 years after the time that he showed Noah the vision. Now, nobody knew, including Noah, what year the flood would hit. Noah wasn't said, listen, Noah, I want you to go out there and preach for 120 years, but don't tell anybody that the flood won't happen until 120 years from now. No, that was not it. The point was that when he began to preach, Doc said he had quite a congregation or a following that believed what he was preaching. But as time went on, as time went on, all of a sudden they started to lose their zeal, they started to lose their belief or their faith in the vision. And one by one, Dr. Kinley said they fell away. He said many of them actually went out there and helped Noah cut down trees and to get the wood to build the ark and help them construct the ark. And by and by they fell away. Now we also know that they became apostates because the very ones that once believed the vision were the scoffers that we read about over there in Peter uh, that thought, oh, geez, I believe that, and I was really stupid and foolish, and this guy now is going to go in this big structure with all these animals. Uh, you know, what could have I been thinking? This is the kind of logic uh, a carnal mind uses. Now, what we find out is that Yahweh was requiring those that heard the gospel preach. In this case, the gospel was that Noah had the plan for salvation. Now, the plan was how to construct that ark. And those people had to stay faithful to the believing in what was preached by Noah. That is to say, the vision that was imparted to them that would guide them to their salvation. Now, if they lost that belief or they turned against it, which is what an apostasy is, they would be destroyed. Now, what we know is that Noah was shown that him and his family we're going to be in that ark. Now, we know the end is declared from the beginning. And I'm sure Noah may, might have thought, I won't say I'm sure, but I would suppose that Noah thought when he saw the vision, gee, maybe, if, you know, these people seem to all like this. They're, they're, they're helping me. They seem sincere. And, and, and maybe there'll be a place for them too in the ark. Well, unfortunately, the end is declared from the beginning. The only ones that were foreordained unto salvation was the ones that Noah was uh, when he saw it in his vision. And what happened is, those people fell away. They became non-believers. They became hard-hearted and no longer would accept, would accept what was once taught to them. Now, when Noah, that ark was built, and Yahweh by spirit law brought the animals to Noah there at the ark. Noah didn't go out and hunt down all those animals to bring them in the ark. They were led of the spirit to him. And he then took them up and there was a place that was in the plan of the ark. Yahweh had set up places for all the different animals. In other words, there has to be a place. Now, if there's no place for you in the ark, 
there's no honeymoon suite or there's no, you know, luxury cabin like they have on these uh, cruises that go out there. Well, Yahweh's not going to put the, ma the, the humans down there with the animals. And so the animals are being saved. And then there's three stories of that ark. And there was no place for those people that once heard it and, this, and said that they believed it. Yahweh, now I know this is going to sound rough, but Yahweh brought those people in to help Noah build the ark. Once their job was finished, he discarded them. They were no longer now had a heart to continue on in faith. And that's a scary thing, ladies and gentlemen, for this reason. He can bring you into this class and get you all excited about what you're hearing. And as time goes on, you can be worn down to the point where you'll turn your back and walk away from it. And believe me when I tell you this. You need Yahshua to keep you in this teaching. You have to rely on him to hold you fast in this teaching. And that's what we want to do. We want to do that by keeping in the forefront of our hearts and minds the wonder and beauty of these things that have been taught to us in this divine purpose. And also, the uh, uh, very things that many of us have experienced in our lives, and we know when it happens that that was Yahshua, that that was Yahshua that did that, and not lose sight of that. Now, I'm saying that because I have never been through a hurricane. When they were predicting this hurricane coming, they were talking about all kinds of, you know, water and high winds and stuff that I could envision much damage to my home that I live in. So I'm kind of sitting there thinking to myself as we're waiting, and it's an eerie thing to sit there to wait for this powerful storm to hit. You know it's coming, but all of a sudden, now you got a little bit of rain on Saturday night, and we know that's the beginning of it, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to wake up to tomorrow morning? So I'm starting to think, you know, there's a couple of big trees in my yard that are on a slope. And if the winds are 50 mile an hour winds, they could easily blow those trees down. They potentially, I don't know if they would or wouldn't, but I'm just saying in my mind, when I look at them, they're pretty tall trees. I'm thinking they can hit my house and I could be sleeping here in my bedroom and all of a sudden hear a crash on the house. And all of a sudden my roof is busted open and it's raining like crazy coming in my house. Where am I going to go? And what am I going to do if that happens? I'm thinking this in my mind. So I start, I, I start going to my safety net. I start talking to Yahshua. And I'm in prayer. And I said, Yahshua, I said, I'm not afraid of losing my life because I know that that's not going to happen. I know you got me here for a reason, and I'm not worried about that. But I don't know what's going to happen with my house and whether I'm going to be woken in the middle of the night. I don't know what's going to happen. I said, so it's got me a little bit concerned and you know got me a little bit and I'll have to say use the term and be honest a little worried about it so I said the only way for this to be overcome is I have to turn to Yahshua because nobody can control this thing and he's the only one that I can rely on to protect me and so I said Yahshua if you could just and I know I, this sounds crazy but when you're you know when you're desperate you do things, you say things and think things. And I'm saying, Yashua, if you could just make that storm take a right-hand turn and go inland, that would be very appreciated. 
And I'm thinking to myself, Dennis, what are you, you must be an idiot. You can't ask Yashua to turn the storm just because you want it to go inland. I mean, I'm thinking this, right? So all of a sudden, uh, at, during the night, I wake up, I look outside, and I don't see any, 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 even when we got our rains back last spring, I could see that my uh, patio was starting to flood and it runs down the side of my house on another sidewalk down there to run out to the street. And I'm saying, gee, I don't even see the patio's not even flooded. Then I just go back to sleep. I get up in the morning and I find out that it's headed in a direction east of us and we're only getting the outer edge of the storm. And I'm sitting there all day long because all day long I'm getting flashes on my phone saying, you know, by the weather, uh, the national, uh, what do they call it, weather.com, that high winds are coming, torrential, I mean, not torrential rain, but rain that's flood, flash flooding and all this kind of thing. So I'm sitting there saying, boss, you've done a great job up to now. I said, I have no reason to doubt that you'll take care of this. This is what I'm thinking in my heart and mind. We, we only got a couple inches of rain. We got more rain and storms we had last last February and March, and you know, in a, a, a in one storm, and the wind. I don't think it ever went past 19 or 20 miles an hour, so it didn't damage those two big trees I was thinking about. But my point is this: I'm not trying to talk about really the idea of gee, my house is in good you know good hands here. I'm trying to talk about how that we have to maintain faith in Yahshua to take care of us. How Now, what persons ought we to be, seeing these things are going to come? We should be grounded in this teaching. We should be trying to gather as much as we can in our souls that we can hang on to as an anchor during tough times of tribulation that are going to come, ladies and gentlemen. You think it's hard now? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Now, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that as the time is going on now, everything is accelerating and becoming more, if you will, uh, uh, pronounced and magnified. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you need to make sure, you have to take inventory right within yourself. And it says, examine yourself whether you be of the faith. That's in your scriptures. And I got to tell you, Search your soul sometimes and, and look down deep inside of you of what is real to you and what is something that is irrevocable, that is not going to be taken away from you. And you're going to have to hang on to that. In any areas that you see, because we all have still have our weaknesses, we need to ask Yahshua to strengthen us, to give us courage, and not lose sight that even if the electricity goes out and we never again can have a Zoom meeting or a, a YouTube meeting, that we can continue to have Yahshua grounded in our hearts and minds. And if we have to get together with a candle somewhere and go into a, a, a place, a, a living room, and that's all we got is candles, we're, and if there's only two or three of us, we're going to have class. And I'll just tell you this right now, ladies and gentlemen, Yashua's given us a gift with this electronic technology we have to get people from all over to participate in class and to hear things taught. Uh, I remember one night, uh, uh, one of the speakers, I won't mention her name, talked about how somebody thought that, you know, Zoom was uh, a, uh, you know, 
uh, not a real class or whatever. And she said, are you kidding me? I have learned so much on Zoom, things that I never understood are being open to. Listen, when we're gathered together, whether it be in cyberspace or whether we be in a physical building, and our hearts and minds are knit together in trying to hear the things that the Holy Spirit will speak through a vessel when they give testimony in this Zoom class, in YouTube, those words are the reality of class. Those words are the things that are going to give you life. Those words are the things that have to be grounded in you because all of the flesh is going to pass and all heaven and earth, but his words will never pass away and you want them in your soul. You want those words. And as long as you're hearing the words of the true gospel preached, whether it be on your computer through, uh, you know, through uh, Zoom or, uh, or, 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 or YouTube, those words, if they enter into you, those are what enriches your soul and causes growth in the spirit. Now, when we go to a physical class, yes, it's nice to have the camaraderie. I'm not arguing about that. I like it myself. I enjoy it. I know it's nice to see people's faces and to get on the floor and pre. I agree with all that. But at the end of the day, what did you walk out with with what was said? What did you walk away from when you left class after that class was over? What was said that's sticking in your heart and mind that you can rely on and hang on to and chew on it, get more nutrients out of it, because if we're clean animal, I mean, using that example, we chew the cud, ladies and gentlemen. A cow chews on the food and it puts it into one, they have more than one stomach, and then it can bring it up again and chew on it more and get more nutrients out of it. We want you to have something to chew on when you come down here. And I mean by that, your heart, your mind is thinking about it. It's working it. It's maybe even coming up with questions that intrigue you that you might want to ask about. This is what manner of people we want to be down here at the end. Because this is what we're going to need to get us through. We're going to need to have this teaching, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to dip into the pool of living water of a gospel that's preached that we've heard all our life and extract from there these principles that have strengthened us. That's what we need, ladies and gentlemen. That's what manner of person we ought to be. And if you are busy doing that, you don't have to worry about getting in trouble from the flesh. You won't have the will to do the fleshly things that you shouldn't be doing anyway because you'll be so grounded in the teaching that and, and, and keeping your faith in Yahshua and being led of the Spirit that you don't need to worry about that. That's going to melt away, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's going to happen. And I'm thinking here about Noah. Now, here's what it says about Noah. It talks about, I want you to go back over, uh, 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 wait a minute, go back over to Matthew where we were, and we say, as in the days of Noah, where so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Read. That next one's 38. Okay, 38. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Look, they were having a normal life. They were having their weddings. They were eating. They were having fun and all these things because that became to them the the, the main, if you will, uh, point they felt of their lives or the most important thing is the family, the marrying, and all this kind of stuff that he's talking about there. And they were all warned ahead of time the flood was coming. 
They never saw a flood. They never saw a rain. So naturally, they started to doubt. Now, when Noah goes in there, you know the story. He went into that ark. They, uh, the angels shut that door. Now, Dr. Kinley said this to me. He said, now, Dennis, when Noah went into that ark, the Yahweh sent an angel to seal that door. And here's why he did that. Because he said, Noah was a tender-hearted man. That when they started to knock on that, when the water started coming, they would knock on that ark and say, please open up and let me in. He said, Noah would have opened those doors and let them in because that's how kind-hearted he was. He said, but when Yahweh sealed them in that ark, once that door is shut, those that are in there are sealed unto salvation, and the ones out out are not allowed in. And no matter how much they repent, no matter how much they cry, no matter what they think they can do to try to get that door open, Yahweh now is pouring out his wrath without mercy. And you don't want to be out there. You want to be sealed in that ark, ladies and gentlemen. That's what, how we ought to be down here at the end of this age. And I'm just warning you that there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm fearful of that. I want Yahshua to keep me grounded in this teaching because I know without it, I got nothing. That's it. And we want to be in Yahshua. We want to be in there, nestled into his mercy and love, ladies and gentlemen, and relying on him to take care of us every step of the way from here to the end so that we can be found worthy at the end of this age. You don't want to be those people on the outside that had no hope of repentance. Once that door is shut, that's when the repentance is done. And, and Dr. Kinley said that as long as Yahweh Elohim is on that mercy seat, mercy can be dispensed. But if he comes up off that seat, what's coming up is the, at the end of this age is going to be the wrath of Yahweh poured out without mercy. Where Yahweh will not hear your cries, he will not hear the cries of these people and, and forgive them. There will be no forgiveness. There will be no, if you will, him changing his mind because they're their, their soul is sealed at that point. And I'm telling you, we need to keep these things in mind within ourselves and think twice before we take actions and things that we do. And if we find ourselves acting in a way that is contrary to the divine nature, we need to go to Yahshua and ask him to please forgive us and to help us to be a better, a better demonstration of the, of the divine nature. That's our only hope of glory is that Yahshua will be in us. Now, over here, these people were just marrying and until the day that they entered the ark. Keep reading. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now listen, that's how it's going to happen down when the Son of Man, as it says, when Yahshua appears, right with those that, are, that have been down to this teaching, that have heard these things taught and have made the decision to step back and walk away from it. Now, I, I tell you, Dr. Kinley used to always tell us to go back out there and invite people that once came to class and stopped coming to please consider, reconsider, and come back to class. And he had us one time send out letters back in the early 70s. And he wanted us to put in the letter that Dr. Kinley asked, uh, 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 requested that we ask you to please come back to class. And ladies and gentlemen, I just marvel 
how that we don't give up on anybody. And we've seen people that have been not been long, uh, have been away from class for a long time, that have come back because of these Zoom classes that they were able to attend and are regular in their attendance, attendance and have their hearts and minds now being enriched in the things that they're learning on Zoom. And I got to tell you, this is a real class, ladies and gentlemen, just as much as the physical class is what that you hold in your locale. And because Yahweh is merciful, he's going after the lost sheep. There are sheep that have wandered away, that are meant to be brought back, that are carried back to the truth. And it says over there in that parable that there's more joy in heaven over one soul or one sheep that is brought back than over 99 that were righteous. And I don't know about you, but when I see somebody come back to class, it causes me to feel a sense of wanting to embrace them. I'm talking about psychologically with the love of Yahshua and to try to encourage them that know that Yahshua had brought them back here and that they are loved. They are not going to be beaten up because they left and all these things. We're going to let that go. And, Yah, and there's a scripture in Ezekiel where Yahweh talks about that if a man does evil all of his life and then turns from that evil and starts to do righteousness, Yahweh will forget all the evil that he's done. So if somebody has left and they've done something they shouldn't have done at one point, but they come back, don't be throwing it up in their face and having an attitude. Be joyful that they've come back now and that they now recognize the error of the way that they did, and then we're not going to treat them and treat them as uh, you know, like beat them up because they 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 uh, have got, taken a, a hiatus in class. We want them to know you're back now. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And on the other side, it says in Ezekiel that if somebody has done righteousness all their life, and then all of a sudden they turn from that righteousness, Yahweh says, "Not their righteousness shall not be remembered." Now, I remember these words that my dean used to say, and I heard the founder say it. He said, it's not what you've done down here at the end. It's what you're found to be doing. So I want you to realize that. This is serious business. This teaching is a matter of life and death. And we want to treat it just that importantly in our lives and to embrace it. This is a pearl of great price that when a man finds it, he'll be willing to give up and sell everything to retain that pearl. And that's the way we should look at this teaching that has been entrusted to us. That's what manner of person we ought to be, ladies and gentlemen. And, and listen, the example is there. The example is there with Noah, and we see it repeat down through the scriptures. We also know that those people that came up out of Egypt, the first generation, went into the wilderness. After everything Yahweh showed them and did, they still did not have faith that they could be delivered into the land of Canaan and overcome the giants up there. And their heart, as, as, as uh, Paul says it over in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, they had an evil heart of unbelief. And because of unbelief, they did not enter into the rest. Now, Yahshua has to give you a heart of belief. He has to cause your heart. First of all, the new heart is able to accept correction. 
Without that heart, with a hard heart, you're, you're stiff-necked and you'll never admit you're wrong. And second of all, that new heart is humble. It's able to love the truth and love Yahweh. And when they are exercised by chastisement, which never joyful but seemeth grievous, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. He gives us a heart, ladies and gentlemen, so that we will continue on in faith and in love of this teaching and will take correction. Now, I want to go back in the last few minutes back to our scripture reading. for. Oh, I want to go to Thessalonians. Oh, boy, I forgot all about this. I want to go to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and I want to tell you why I'm going there. Now, now there's two events that are kind of talked about. Oh, my gosh, my, my phone just did something to me here. Oh, sure. Okay, here we go. Uh, hang on one second. I want to go to 1 Thessalonians 5. But I want you, uh, yeah, we'll start, we're going to start at one. But there's two things that I want you to see. There are two occurrences. There is the time, the, I call it the lull before the storm, when the people were marrying, giving in marriage, and everything was going good. Then the storm hits. All right? Now watch. Keep, start reading at 5.1. We'll, we'll read a few verses here, and we'll see if I can get out what I want to try to say here in five minutes. Five one. Got it, Bruce. First Thessalonians five one. But of the times. Oh, sorry, of the I was muted. Oh, go ahead, Bruce. Okay, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Right. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of Yahweh so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, he's going to For come one, so that people are not expecting it. And in Matthew, it says, at a time when you think not. Read. Right. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now, I want you to realize that when they build that ark, and all of a sudden it didn't start to rain, and I can't tell you how many years it took to build the ark, uh, all I can tell you is, is that that ark was sitting there and there was no rain. So they thought, well, it's peace and safety. Everything's okay. It's just like it was before. And uh, so I'm going to go back to my former life. Now, once they did that, they thought they were safe when they had the marriages and the family gatherings and all those things. And all of a sudden, sudden destruction came. So he's talking about when they shall say peace and safety. Now, we're in the world right now. You don't find that term being thrown around too much, peace and safety. I can only tell you this, that, you know, things could, could really get to a point where they're absolutely, you know, uh, uh, the whole world is in a state of pandemonium. And then all of a sudden it could be like the eye of the hurricane or the or the lull in the storm, where things seem to be settling down. They go, oh, wow, it's just peace and safety now. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in this creation. I got to tell you, it's a scary thing going forward as far as that, unless you have Yahshua to, to give you strength and to get, cause you to have faith. And so we don't want to be caught, you follow, in that state where we're falling asleep on the job. When they shall uh, say peace and safety, sudden destruction shall come upon them. As travaileth upon a woman with child, they shall not escape. 
Now in four, he says, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, that's what's going to happen to the world. What's going to happen to you is that you're already in the light. You know this thing's got to come to an end and that the whole creation is going to be dissolved. And that's what we read about in the third chapter there of Second Peter is that all the elements are going to be dissolved and all everything is going to be dematerialized. And all souls are going to stand before Yahshua and give an account. Now the accounting is simply this. Either you have Yahshua formed in you or you don't. That's the end of the story. Those that have, and listen, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You remember the parable of the wedding feast where the man invited uh, the people from off the street and one man didn't have a garment on, a wedding garment, and he had to be mm -hmm. cast out? Well, see, those people were poor people that came in there. Where are they going to go out and buy a wedding garment? Truthfully, those people that had the garment on, the rich man that had the wedding feast had to furnish them with those garments for them to have, but one of them didn't have it. Now, what is that garment pointing to? We have been called in out of the world. We're no better than anybody else out there, and Yahshua brought us in here, and he is covering us with his divine nature. He is clothing us in intelligence, wisdom, love, beauty, justice. That garment makes us worthy and acceptable, then, to partake of the feast that is being prepared there. And at the end of the age, you are going to receive an immortal glorified body. And you will be covered. All of your iniquities that you once did that are now justified, mean cleared, cleared of guilt, you will be clear of that stuff. And you won't be sitting there saying, gee, I remember when I was uh, 10 years old and I, and I punched my, uh, somebody in the face. Now, it's not going to be any, none of that's coming back to your remembrance. The only thing that gets you entrance into the new heaven and new earth state and acceptable by Yahweh is that you have Yahshua in you, that you are clothed in his righteousness. Now, those that are not clothed in it, nothing they can say uh, trying to uh, excuse what they have or don't have or have done or what they, they don't have now is going to do because without Yahshua in them, there's no hope of them being glorified. That is the accounting right there. That's what it's all about. So I hope something I said made some sense. I hope, uh, you know, that it, it, hits, it hits deep down inside, and I hope it causes all of us to take the time to examine ourselves and make sure that we're in this faith. So with that, I'll turn it back to the moderator. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Peace and love in Yahshua to all the brethren. Thank you, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and thank all the speakers tonight for doing a fine job and praising Yahshua. Um, at this time, I'll read the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let the class all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.